0: why not do it yourself with Wix.com. No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Welcome to Ask Farnoosh. It's So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. And I'm actually on vacation right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna skip an episode. I'm here for you. We've got a lot of questions to tackle. Can't afford to skip a week. So I'm back with Sophia. How are you doing, Sophia? Good, good. How are you? Great. Awesome. Vacation's mm. a good thing. <laughs> um, it is. How's uh it's been pretty quiet though around the office. So hopefully you haven't been like slammed.
1: It has been it's been lonely, oh, but it's good to have you back,
0: oh <laughs> The irony is folks that we work out of a WeWork. work, so if they were to hear that we're lonely at a WeWork, work, we would not wanna be we would not be poster women for WeWork. work like the whole point is to come here and mingle, <laughs> but um, a lot of people just keep their head down, so uh, funny story, you're gonna laugh, and I'm even laughing because I can't believe I'm doing this, but when I get back to the office next week, I'm meeting with I made an appointment. To meet with a coach who's going to help me figure out the whole private public school puzzle that is New York City. You know, Evan is two, and we're fortunate he got into a really great preschool program for being two. But. We have no idea where he's going to go after he's two. There's three, there's four years, and then there's kindergarten. So three and four and five and ever after, like there's so much to consider. Where are you going to send in? There's no public school for preschool in New York. There is public pre-K, but uh, in the meantime, we have to really figure out this private school situation and it's not like you can just give them money. It's a waiting list or you have so much competition. Um I'll, I'll let you, I'll let everybody in on a little like funny factoid. Um Here's what I'm competing with uh, at schools. It's like um, millionaires who have a ton of money, and don't let anyone like let you believe that the more money you give, uh, the it doesn't matter. Like it matters. Public private schools love parents who give money um, beyond the tuition. And then I went to a picnic recently for my son, uh, for his school, and uh, discovered that one of the families there is a famous family very famous family. The mom is an actress and I won't divulge <laughs> any further but you would recognize her and I almost fell over. I was like, oh my God. A, super cool that like we can all like hang out. Maybe like these Evan will become friends with this person's son and like I can just say, you know, I'm casually friends with a celebrity couple but also I'm like, great. You think they're not going to get into a preschool over me? <laughs> like, I'm screwed. So, I'm a little, I, I didn't think I was going to be one of those parents that was like, you know stressing over the whole preschool thing but I kind of am and uh I heard this woman is like not a magic bullet but she's going to come and talk to me about the options and understand what what we want to do like my husband and I are not ruling out public school cuz we think we're both public school kids like but New York City is kind of rolling the dice with public school so we have to have a plan B and right now plan B is plan A which is private school and that's a whole like I you know I need to be schooled on that. So I'm hiring a coach for this for three hours. I'll let y'all know how it goes. And a, a friend of mine used uh, her pra- her coaching services and said it worked like a charm. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we will be you know this will just be a recent memory in a few months, and we'll yeah. all be able to look forward to living our lives again. My um, beach read this summer was um, it
1: was a little. You know, it wasn't the most educational book, but it was um this anthropologist took a look at Manhattan mothers and oh. one of her chapters was about applying to schools for her two young sons at the time and it it's definitely a process and so I think you're definitely going about it the right way.
0: <laughs> uh, it is, right? Like I almost feel like I have to I would feel better knowing that I did everything in my control and power. Something, and it's, it's so competitive. Um, like, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that this one will teach me something that will make me more relaxed about the whole thing. Um, But – and I'm not one of those parents that's like he has to go to a particular private school because then he'll – you know, because he has to go to Harvard and this is going to like set his path for Ivy League. It's like, come on, give me a break. I just wanted to go somewhere where he's going to be happy and it's good facilities and there's like a nice community for everybody, parents, kids, teachers. Um, Convenience is is also – would be great. Like I don't want to have to haul ass to Manhattan every morning to take him to school. I'd like it to be somewhere in the neighborhood of Brooklyn. So wish me luck. Okay, fingers like do your (laughs) dance, do the the preschool dance for me all month long because I'm going to need every like good juju out there working on my behalf. Um, (laughs) All right, what's on the uh, what's in the mailbag this week? In the mailbag, our
1: first question is from Marlon, a friend. Yeah, from CNBC. (laughs) So he writes in and he wants to know how we should prepare ourselves for financial stability over the next four years pending the outcome of this year's
0: presidential
1: elections.
0: Very timely question. And (laughs) you might be surprised by my answer, Marlon, anyone else listening, because it seems like with There's so much uncertainty with the presidential election. How could it not mean something uh, pivotal, instrumental, implicative for our portfolios, for the stock market? But the truth of the matter is, at least historically speaking, who becomes president does not sway the market in any one way or the other. There's no rhyme or reason to – there's no correlation, I should say, to the person who gets elected – whether it's a Democrat or Republican and how the market behaves. Um, you know, the stock market for the most part has been very cyclical, um, over the past, you know, 180 plus years, ever since we've had, you know, every four year election cycle. Um, and this is actually according to the stock, the stock traders almanac. It says that wars, bear markets, and recessions tend to start in the first two years of a president's term. And bull markets and prosperous times mark the latter half. And since 1833, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has gained an average of 10%, 10 10.4% in the year before presidential election and nearly 6% on average in the election year. And that, again, has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. You might be voting one way or the other, but your politics really has nothing to do with your stock portfolio. and As far as being prepared for the next four years, I would say it's the same advice I would give whatever four years we're talking about. You always want to have a cash cushion of six to 12 months reserved uh, to cover your expenses in case you lose your job or in case you have a setback. Continue to invest. Don't be concerned about dips in the marketplace, fluctuations. That's very cyclical. As long as you are in it for the long haul, and I think Marlon, uh, you're a young guy. So, you know, you're not like approaching retirement in the next few years. You can afford to, to move with the market and you'll make up for those losses by the time you're ready to pull that money out. Um, so just stay the course is my advice. Uh, don't be too wrapped up in the unknowns of the next four years and whatever happens, rest assured, whatever happens in the stock market won't be a direct result of Policy from a president necessarily. Um, and even we don't even know who, who we're going to elect, what ends up happening, right? With these, they have all these promises that they're trying to get elected on, but what they actually end up doing may look very different. You can only prepare yourself based on what is certain. And what is certain is that having a cash cushion will always come in handy and staying the course in the stock market over the long haul will serve you for the better um and that's my advice. I know it's kind of not what people would expect, right? Because you're like how could it right. not? Some of this rhetoric that's being thrown around during this election uh could be a little frightening to some. It's a little frightening to me. So, you in it, it might be frightening in other ways in terms of you know national security. Um you might be able to tell who I'm not voting for, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it necessarily implies anything for your stock market for your for your portfolio. Um, so hopefully that uh, puts some concerns to rest. We do talk about this in upcoming episodes. I have, for example, Rick Edelman coming on the show later this month, and um, I believe it's this month. He is a well-known one of like the biggest financial advisors in the country, and we talk about elections and what they mean for. Uh, our money. So stay tuned for those episodes. So Money, we spend a lot of time talking about how to live a richer life, and some of us are hustling as entrepreneurs, which can make managing money even more complex. Enter FreshBooks, the easy cloud accounting software made specifically for entrepreneurs and business owners who need to find a better way to deal with their paperwork. For example, invoicing. With FreshBooks, it takes about 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. FreshBooks also has automated expense tracking, where you can link your Fresh account to your credit and debit cards. The next time you expense that business lunch or a tank of gas, it'll show up automatically in your FreshBooks account. Accepting online payments can be a challenge sometimes, but with FreshBooks, it takes two clicks. For a free 30-day unrestricted trial, go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter so money podcast in the how did you hear about us section. If you have any questions, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is super helpful, friendly, and has zero attitude. So give FreshBooks a try for 30 days for free by going to freshbooks.com slash so money and enter so money podcast in the how did you hear about us section.
1: Our next question is a job related question and it comes from Karina and she just recently quit her first full-time job after college graduation after only working there for a week because the job was not what she expected and she Mm -hmm. felt she wasn't learning very much and she wants to know if she includes it on her resume or not because she's not sure if it if keeping it on there will look bad and she does have other part time and internship experience she can include so what do you think Farnish
0: yeah i don't i think you were there for a week it's not really it's like you date someone for a week you know like <laughs> is this really someone that like you you bring up to your significant other now like maybe but it's like a blip on the resume it's a blip on your in your history. So, I would instead keep it in your back pocket when you're interviewing. And sometimes interviewers will say, Talk about maybe something difficult that you worked through, a decision that you made that wasn't the best decision. You know, they always ask you for like your weakness or like a challenge you tackled. This could be an example. You know, I, I applied for this job, I thought I was going to be great, I got there, it was terrible. And rather than stick it out, I decided to cut my losses and leave. And I'm so happy I did because it allowed me to find an even better opportunity three weeks later, you know? So turn it into a positive if you have an opportunity to talk about it in an interview and use it that way. But I wouldn't put it on your resume because uh, you can't – you couldn't – but in a week, like what do you learn? Like where the bathrooms are and like names. (laughs) Like there's not a lot of skill development in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so unless it was like a boot camp or something, you know, but doesn't sound like that's what she experienced.
1: Especially if she has other experience that she can include on her resume with that part time job that she mentioned in internship. I think that's definitely where she should focus on putting, you know, putting that on her resume because also a resume, you don't have much space.
0: Yeah. you You should keep to a page, but you're right. She has other experience. So there's really, I don't see any concerns here. Use it as an anecdote if it makes sense. All right. So we have a question from a
1: fellow New Yorker named Allison. And she's looking to get involved with an organization that promotes financial literacy. She's a complete nerd when it comes to tracking her own finances and researching retirement accounts, robo-investors. And so now she kind of wants to put all of that to use and help others. So she wants to know if there are any organizations here in New York that you'd recommend.
0: Sure. Well, I love that you're interested in financial literacy. There are a lot of resources in New York. For women, I would recommend uh, an organization called Savvy Ladies. It's a nonprofit that was started by Stacey Francis, uh, who's been on this show. She's a certified financial planner in New York. And the goal of Savvy Ladies, and I've attended several of their events, is to inform and empower women to take control of their finances. And they've helped like Over 10,000 women, they have one-on-one financial counseling, workshops, retreats, really awesome. And the women in that group are just so uh, rich and resourceful and interesting. I think it'll be worth your time to attend. And I think their website, just go to FrancisFinancial.com and you'll be able to find more about them. Or Savvy Ladies is the website for uh, the nonprofit, SavvyLadies.org. And then there's another one called Financial Women's Association, fwa.org. This is more for women who are professionals in the financial world. So if you're a teacher and you're interested in financial literacy, go to Savvy Ladies. But if you actually work in the financial industry, Wall Street, investing, uh, this might be more up your alley. So check out fwa.org. They've got their events on there, including some upcoming events, webinars too. So if you're not local, you could do something. But it looks like they have a lot of events like in the Jersey and New York area. So check out those two resources and uh, let us know what you ended up Doing? If any of these really work out for you, we'd love to hear. Perfect.
1: Our next question is from Maya, and I can completely relate to this question. She's your she's, age. She's 25. Yes, yeah, she is. She's 25, and she has a Roth IRA that she's maxed out every year for two years straight, in addition to a regular wealth front investment account and a high yield savings account that she's contributing to monthly. And her current employer doesn't offer a retirement plan. So, should she open a regular IRA? Sure.
0: Yes, sounds good to me. You know, get get some diversification in your retirement planning. She's got uh, an investment account through Wealthfront, which, as we know, is a, a sponsor of this show. Roth IRA is great. She's got the savings account for rainy day, and another IRA can't hurt. So, yes, Maya, you have my blessing. Sounds great, <laughs> and hopefully, your employer does offer a retirement plan soon because uh, they need to go with the times. I mean, come on, people. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I get upset. Like, come on. I know it's expensive, but I think people just expect it these days. You just have to. Like, what are we supposed to do? Do you want us to work for you for the rest of our lives and not have, worry about retirement plan? Maybe. Maybe that's what they're inadvertently telling us when they don't have for a retirement plan. That's not cool,
1: though. No. I don't know. Well, we're finally at our last question. Really? That went, that went fast. Like, I know. Today was a quickie. Um, but it comes from Emily and she's a recent college grad. She graduated in 2015 and she's been working at a small company with just three people uh, for the last eight months. And recently she was contacted by a recruiter for a big company that she says is an amazing opportunity with more money and full benefits. And right now her salary is okay with no benefits So she asks if she pursues this opportunity. Is she ruining her relationship with her boss, who's been very good to her? She wants to do right by them, but also focus on what's best for her career and her future.
0: Yeah. So, Emily, don't feel bad. Do not feel bad. You need to look out for number one, and that's you. And this isn't, you can, there are many ways you can leave your job gracefully and with your relationship intact. You know, it's one thing if you were like, all right, sayonara, peace. Thanks for the experience. I'm out of here, and I'm leaving tomorrow. I mean, that's burning a bridge. But you know, your employer has certainly seen people come and go. They know this is the drill, and you might be a little insecure about it because maybe you just arrived there and you feel like you haven't been there long enough. But I think that they will understand that when you present it to them and say, "I've got this great opportunity." It's a job that has all these responsibilities that I can take on. It's exactly what I'm looking for. I feel so grateful for the time that I've had here with you. You've taught me so much. I couldn't have ever gotten this opportunity without having this, had this experience. Your mentorship has been so vital to me. Like really speak from the heart and tell them how, important the relationship has been, the job has been, and how this is like for you a a step up. Um, I wouldn't talk about like that it's more money and better benefits. You know, I think if they bring that up, you can say, yeah, actually, it's, you don't, you don't want to make it seem like that's the only reason you're leaving because that could make them a little annoyed. Um, And, and they may even say like, well, we'll give you more money. But if you're really serious about this other job, you really want it. You need to go to your employer with a firm decision. It's not about negotiating anymore. Uh, it's like, I'm doing this and I wanted to let you know. And if you really want to, if you really want to leave on great terms, maybe you give them more than two weeks. Maybe you say like, they want me to start really soon, but. I have some loose strings here that I like to tie up and not leave you guys hanging. So I'm actually going to start in a month, if that's okay with you. But I really want to, you know, transition easily out of this job and make things easy for everybody. Really make it seem like you're being a team player. I think if you do all of that, no one should feel resentful or angry or hurt. I think if anything, they'll really respect you and they'll be supporting you all the way. So you know, just always. Be confident in what you want to do, and present it in a graceful, thoughtful, appreciative way, and you're good. And if your employer is still going to be nasty, you know what? Good riddance. Then you know what? You didn't want to be there. Um, it wasn't the relationship you thought you had. Let this be um, a hard lesson. It's a, it's not something that's going to come rolling off the tongue when you go in and tell your boss you're leaving. It's going to be something you have to practice, practice with a friend and and be really confident when you go in and good luck to you and congratulations this is like i love hearing when people get these amazing opportunities i think that's great advice
1: the first um you know back when i was applying to jobs and and really talking to my parents about careers they they gave me that same piece of advice too, which is you always have to look out for yourself. And it doesn't mean that you can't be, um, as you said, you know, there's definitely a way to handle this situation, but at the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you and your career and where, you know, you have that goal in sight. So what are the steps that you're going to take to get there? And if, you know, this opportunity is one of them, then obviously you want to take it. And, um, you know, there's a way that that you're that you can be very graceful about the situation, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you really do have to look out for yourself. And I know, even when I was deciding to come work for you, Farnoosh, I, you know, I was so scared to tell my employer at the time that I was leaving, but, you know, it just. I, I really felt that I got everything I could out of that opportunity. And it was time to make a change. And, um, you know, I, I presented it to my, my boss at the time. And, you know, she totally understood. And, um, you know, it's just, it's always sad to say goodbye. It's always sad when one door closes. But, you know, as they say, another's opening. So, you know, it's exciting, but also a little sad. And it's just part of the process, I think.
0: It is. I mean, you'll grow from this so much. And thank you for sharing it with us and letting us be a part of your experience, Emily. We hope that it's been helpful and good luck to you and let us know what happens next. Uh, what a nice way to end Ask Farnoosh. I love – and all by the way, besides Marlon, Marlon's the man, <laughs> many women writing in this episode. So thank you to all my lady listeners. You guys ask really smart questions. And Marlon, we hope we uh, – made you a little less nervous (laughs) with uh, the unexpected twists and turns ahead, depending on who gets elected. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Back next week, back to work. Hope you have a great weekend. I hope it's so money.